have been uh, looking at the armor of God uh, throughout this summer thus far today. We're going to put all the pieces together, I guess, so to speak. Um, and for those of you that got 100% on that quiz, uh, you get a gold star in heaven. Um, well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it really doesn't matter. But uh, anyway, today we will be, uh, we, we've been looking at uh, this armor, Jesus followers, Christians, people that, that are, are following God, uh, believe, we believe that there's a war going on, a spiritual war, a battle for our souls. It's described in the book of Ephesians, and the Apostle Paul uh, writes about it and talks about this armor that we can wear. So Ephesians 6, beginning in verse 10, says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So we've been looking at each piece of armor and we've been discovering what it takes to use it uh, because we face temptation all the time, the temptations drawing us away from God. And so there are a couple of key things that we've kind of uh, made note of. Uh, first is that this is God's armor. It's not your armor. You don't have to get righteous on your own. It's not up to you to come up with truth. God's working his faith in you. Uh, God is offering you salvation. It's not your armor. It's, it's his armor, but you and I have to wear it right? It's up to us to, to put it on, to, uh, to, to develop it, to, to, uh, to, to develop these things in our lives so that we can be protected. It's God's armor, but we have to choose to use it. And so the last piece in this suit of armor is actually the only offensive weapon that is mentioned in the passage, uh, except for prayer, I guess, which isn't really officially given a, a, a piece of armor, but uh, this is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, it says. It, it's, it's part of the armor that, that God provides us to protect ourselves against the devil's schemes. The Word of God, the Bible, uh, God's Word, uh, in that we have an amazing weapon to advance against sin and evil. 2 Timothy chapter 3 describes Scripture this way. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hebrews 4.12 talks about the Word of God this way. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So there's that imagery again of, a, of the word of God being a sword. Uh, scripture equips us to live as God has called us to live, thoroughly equips us. Everything we need to know to live for Jesus every day is found in the pages of this book. Its, it's very words have been breathed by God. And I truly believe 
that we are defeated spiritually so many times simply because we don't spend enough time in the God-breathed book. If we're to have any chance against the attacks of the evil one, we must be spending time reading God's word. The daily discipline of, uh, of scripture is essential in the life of anyone attempting to live for God. We are, we're so fortunate to have the very words of God recorded and preserved on the written page. About 92% of Americans own uh, at least one Bible. The average household, they say, in America has three Bibles. Two-thirds uh, of Americans say they believe that this book holds the answers to the basic questions of life. It's basic, it's, it's fundamental, it's foundational, and many people aren't reading it. For instance, one Gallup survey shows that fewer than half of Americans can name the first book of the Bible. Only one-third know who delivered the Sermon on the Mount. Many said Billy Graham, not Jesus. Um, And one-quarter do not know what is celebrated on Easter. The Bible, it seems, is the book that everyone wants to read, but few do. So that's uh, that's funny. Maybe it's sad. Um, maybe it's a little bit too close to home because we don't know some of those things either. Uh, but rather than feeling that as condemnation today, let's feel that as a challenge to say, wow, we really need to be reading God's word. We have to spend time in the Bible. Uh, but but even just reading the Bible falls falls short. I, I, I'm, I'm talking about mo- knowing more than just answers to Bible trivia. Uh, God's word is so much more than just a book to read. Uh, you don't just pull it off the shelf and and, and read through it and then you're done. It's uh, as we as we read in Scripture itself. It's a living message from God. And it directs our lives. It's, it's living and active. It, it holds the secrets to the mysteries of life. It is the story of God. It is a love letter from our heavenly Father. Obviously, there is a lot of information and facts, and I guess you could call it trivia, different facts and things that we need to learn, but, but, but knowledge is only important to the extent that it transforms our lives. Many, many people set goals of how much of the Bible to read in a certain period of time, right? And uh, if you're like me, sometimes maybe you, uh, well, we won't call it bragging, but you, well, I read through the Bible this year, or I read through the Bible last night, or I don't know where you are with that, but, uh, but sometimes we almost brag about that, and, and we set these goals, and, and we set out, uh, set aside a specific time to read and all those kinds of things. Uh, And and those things are great. That's good. Um, I operate that way. I want to set goals and I I make lists and and do all those kinds of things. But but, but the question is, is it it changing your life? Are you obeying what you read? James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So I I have daily reading plans that I follow on the YouVersion app on my phone. And, uh, and, and, uh, I do that. And if I don't do that, um, I, uh, I, I feel everything's off and do that in the morning. Uh, one of the first things. And then I have a devotional book and, and it has daily readings and, and verses to read. And, and, uh, and I don't have a physical list where I check that off, but sure enough, in my head, I check that off. Uh, it, it, just checking that off that I've done my reading does nothing to make me more like Jesus. My eyes have scanned a page. Big deal. <laughs> All that shows is that I like to feel like I've accomplished something by checking a box, right? John Ortberg, I love how he says it. The goal is not for us to get through the scriptures. The goal is to get the scriptures through us. 
A key component of wielding the sword of the Spirit is a humble, repentant attitude, willing to learn and obey as we approach the Bible. We're not reading to make it through. We're not reading to brag about it. Uh, we're, we're seeking the presence of God on the pages of Scripture. You can use plans and lists and all those things. Those are important if, if that helps you. Uh, or do something else to, to keep you in God's Word. But, but followers of Jesus have to be people of this book. We should be reading for transformation, not just for information. Read it to be transformed, not just to get the facts. Well, as I mentioned, the, the, the Apostle Paul uh, emphasizes prayer in the Scripture in Ephesians uh, uh, several times, although it's not technically a piece of armor, uh, but uh, we need to be in constant communication with God, right? Uh, consistently, uh, daily. Uh, but part of communication, part of a conversation is, is back and forth. It's not just speaking, it's listening. Now, most of our prayers, I would say, uh, most of our prayers could probably be categorized more as monologues or lectures than, uh, than, than a conversation because we do a whole lot of talking and not a whole lot of listening, to which uh, I've even said, well, how in the world do you listen? How do you listen to a God who's not sitting in the chair next to you talk? The best way to listen, the very words of God have already been written to us right here. The most reliable way, yeah, a lot of, and God can speak through many, 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 many ways. The most reliable way is through scripture. And everything that we might think or feel or experience, oh, God told me, well, let's see if it matches up with what scripture says. The most reliable way to hear the words of God is through the, the, the words on these pages. As we immerse ourselves, as we immerse our lives in the Word of God, I, I think there are, there are several things, uh, three things, I guess, today that I want us to uh, to look at real quick. The, the first one is that, that we need to take regular time to meditate on Scripture. Meditation, I think, uh, uh, for us maybe is kind of a scary word. It conjures up pictures of uh, men in robes chanting, right? And we don't want to necessarily be that guy. So uh, we, we think about Eastern religions, we think about emptying ourselves so we can reach nirvana, the state of eternal nothingness. Now, just a side note, I, I, I'm pretty sure the state of eternal nothingness is Iowa, but uh, that that's a different sermon probably. But um, real meditation doesn't mean emptying ourselves of everything, it means filling ourselves with the right things. So the, the word meditation literally means sustained attention. What, what the mind repeats, it retains. So if I am to retain the words of Scripture and apply them to my life, I need to give the Bible my sustained attention. So, for example, uh, how do we do that? Uh, we'll take a brief passage or a story or a, a parable that Jesus tells or, or some, some section of the Bible, just a small section, just a, a, a snippet there, uh, and, and think about it and think over it and Put yourself in the, in the setting and, and allow yourself to, to see the scene, maybe from different perspectives. Well, what would it have been like for Jesus? What would it have been like for his disciples? What would it have been like for someone else? What does it, what does it look like? What does it smell like? What does it sound like? Uh, how would they be feeling? Uh, this is all part of meditation, meditating, ruminating, giving sustained attention to the scripture. It takes time. Scripture's not meant to be speed read. I've probably told you before that when I was in seminary, I enrolled in a speed reading course. I'm not the fastest reader in the world, and for some reason they seem to assign a lot of reading in seminary. I never quite got that, but I do have a lot of books. But uh, 
So I'm t- uh, t- going to class during the day and then taking the speed reading course on the side just to try to keep up with everything. And, um, and, and so uh, during that semester, as I was taking that course, um, one of the classes that I had was, was a class on spiritual formation. It was all about spending deep time in prayer and in God's word and, and ruminating and meditating and, and all those things, all the things that, that I've already been talking about this morning. And so uh, having that class and, and walking through that and learning that, and we had, had uh, materials we needed to read for that. And, and then uh, in the evening going to the Evelyn Wood speed reading course, and they said, well, you need to bring a book to read to, uh, uh, to practice what we're teaching you. So I grabbed the spiritual formation book. The book that's all about take your time and slow down and be quiet and ruminate and resonate and take your, and, and that was, and I think, I think I missed the point on both, both angles and didn't get a whole lot out of either one because I still don't read very fast. But, uh, anyway, the Bible's not meant to be speed read. (laughs) Maybe, maybe I can release you from something this morning. God doesn't care if you read a hundred chapters or three or whether you read through your Bible in six months or ten years. Read it. Spend time with it. Let it change you. Transformation, not just information. Meditate on it. Give it your sustained attention. The problem is sustained attention is pretty difficult on anything these days, right? We flip from one thing to the other and we're swiping and we're, we're calling and we're texting and we're, we're, uh, we're spending time over here and we're spending time over there and, and hardly anybody gets our sustained attention, right? In fact, the, the, the sword of the spirit fights against some of those specific weapons that the devil uses in this spiritual battle. Uh, theologian and author Dr. Richard Foster says it this way, In contemporary society, our adversary majors in three things. Noise, hurry, and crowds. Maybe you didn't know those were spiritual weapons. But those three things war against us spending any significant transformational time in the pages of Scripture. So that just means that we have to be proactive and fight back against noise and hurry and crowds in our lives. Set aside time in our day to, to, to spend with the Bible and to, uh, to, to honor that time then. And if you, if you get derailed, then come back to it the next day. Don't, don't just, oh, I missed it. There's no point in, in going back. Don't rake yourself over the coals if you miss it. Just get back into it the next day. Make it a priority. Uh, it's not something you do if you find time for it. You make the time for it and everything else falls in line. So we need to be people that spend sustained attention in God's word. Meditation. Another thing we need to do is study. We need to study God's word. It's not just devotional reading and and meditating, but we need to set aside time to to, to study it, to to go deeper. There are more resources than ever these days uh, to to, to study God's word. There are dictionaries and commentaries and concordances and and other Bible study materials that that are available everywhere. Uh, Mainly, you know, you get all that stuff online these days and and so rather than just say you can and there's a bunch of them, we need to take the time to, to find those things and to use them. Uh, uh, if, if not, our devotional times can, can go uh, only so far, and we only go as far as what we think, and we're not getting other perspectives, and we're, we, we need the perspective of these scholars and theologians and teachers who have been wrestling and studying with these things for years. And, and uh, uh, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of different resources. Go ahead with that next slide. There, just three right off the top of my head. Of course, that, that one on the bottom is NPH, Nazarene Publishing House. NPH.com uh, can get you right where, uh, where our denomination's uh, publishing house and, and all the resources that we have. Uh, through our church, 
If you just send me an email, I will get you signed up with Right Now Media because we have uh, a subscription through our church and anyone associated with our church and you can access thousands of, of uh, video Bible studies. Many of our growth groups use those, uh, those resources as well. Christianbook.com, uh, there's, there's a slew of others. Uh, of course, you need to be careful about uh, uh, what perspective they're coming from and all those kinds of things, but... but uh, I, just saying the, these things are out there, but it's not enough to just say, oh, those things are out there. We've got to give it our sustained attention and study. And, and not just study alone. That's important to study alone, but we need to get involved in, in a, a, a Bible study group, a growth group, Sunday school class, someplace where other people and other perspectives are, are feeding into our study of God's word too. So if you're not setting aside significant time in your life for study, for involvement in God's word, then, then uh, this, this sword of the spirit won't be sharp and uh, you will not stand against the enemy when the day of evil comes and it's it's not in uh, it's it's not your power it's god's power that enables you to stand against the devil and his schemes and if you if you're if you're ever going to know the power of god you have to know him and what he says which is written in the pages of this book sure you can come to to church on a sunday morning and you can uh, hear a sermon and and even be encouraged and enthused by that, but but it takes more than that. It's not just uh, a passive sitting back and allowing that. Okay, now what do we do with it? Now where do we go with it? Now how does this work out tomorrow or next week or next month? And we need to study God's word. And then another thing is memorization. This is where I turn off because uh, uh, most of us, I think, are lax in, in in this. But it really does a world of good memorizing. Our, our kids uh, uh, had the had the chance this week and even even recite, uh, recited this morning. Uh, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, I think, though, we've done ourselves a disservice by relegating Bible memorization to a children's activity that happens a little bit during VBS or maybe in Sunday school. Oh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I can't memorize anymore. Well, ah, when's the last time you tried? Probably been a while for most of us. We should never outgrow it. There is something powerful about knowing the scriptures so well that we can recite them. Uh, Countless times come to mind when scriptures that, man, I just suffered through, uh, either by Sunday school teachers growing up or my mother, she'd make us memorize and Oh, okay. And saying it. And then years later, in a situation, all of a sudden those words come back and it, it, it applies specifically. And I don't know where they came. Oh, oh, God's word was written on my heart. Psalm 119, uh, verse, verse 11, uh, tells us why it's so important to hide God's word in our heart. I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. I memorized that one. See that? See how that works? I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Why do we hide God's word? So that we won't sin. Why do we hide? Because it's part of the sword of the spirit. And when the enemy attacks us and when we're tempted and when when we're tempted to, to draw away and to sin, we can say, no, it's this. Because we have God's, maybe you don't have your Bible handy. Maybe you don't know where to look. Man, I heard something somewhere. Hide God's word in your heart. It, it sounds an awful lot like defense against the devil and his schemes, right? The sword of the spirit in action. Put scripture to memory. Maybe you need to use music. Maybe you need to, uh, to, to write it on cards and tape it to your mirror or, or, or tape it to your windshield. Well, don't tape it to your windshield, but put it somewhere where you're going to see it all the time. Uh, maybe just read over it. Maybe have contests with your kids. See who can memorize something first. Uh, quit making excuses and do it. And I'm speaking to myself just as much as anybody else. Here's the thing, five years from now, 
you will not wish that you had memorized less scripture, right? Put it to memory. G.K. Chesterton, who was a a creative and educated Christian writer and thinker in the early 20th century, and and, uh, uh, someone asked him, if you were marooned on a desert island and could only have one book with you, what would you choose? And everyone expected him to say, well, the Bible, of course. But he didn't say that. He said, if I was marooned on a desert island and could only have one book with me, I would choose to take Thomas's Guide to Practical Shipbuilding. And that makes sense. If we were trapped on an island, we would want a book that would help us get home. We wouldn't want a book that would entertain us. We wouldn't want a book that would just give us trivial information. We'd want something that could save us. And the truth is that we are trapped in thoughts and behaviors and attitudes that lead to death, trapped in in a hectic, noise-filled, busy society that wars against the transformation that God wants to do in our hearts. We are facing uh, what, what Paul says here, uh, the flaming arrows of the evil one. We are facing the rulers, authorities, the powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. And so God gave us his very words, a book that can save us. There was a, uh, a little girl, four-year-old girl, who was uh, going to bed one night and she had... Uh, Learned in Sunday school, maybe some of you have learned this, uh, uh, this song like, uh, like I did years ago, the B-I-B-L-E, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me, I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E, yeah, some of you learned it, that's right, and then you yell, Bible, right, it's awesome. Well, this girl's singing it as she's going to bed, and the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me, I stand alone on the word of God. That's what it's all about. She, she put a couple of uh, songs together there and dubbed in the hokey pokey at the end. I think in doing that, she showed us the way we should be treating God's word. Stand alone on the word of God because that's what it's all about. If we're going to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, His holy word, his living, uh, breathing, transforming word will be part of our lives. We will be people of one book. Will you stand with me as we we wrap up this series? I would like to challenge you with the words of scripture that we've heard all the way along. And so, bow your heads and close your eyes and let the the words of Scripture flow across your soul this morning. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place and your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, 
which is the word of God. Lord God, I pray that you will enable us to truly guard ourselves with your armor today, tomorrow, this coming week. Lord, I pray that you'll develop these things in our lives, that we will become more and more righteous, that, that, that we will uh, focus on your truth, that your faith will carry us through, uh, that, that, that we can believe and trust in you. Lord, I pray that we will rely on your salvation, that gift of grace in our lives to overcome the strongholds that we face I pray that, that, that it's your gospel, that good news of Christ that, uh, that enables us to run. Lord, I pray that, that we can be people of your book, that we can listen to you day in and day out, that we can study what you say, that we can, we can begin to understand more and more and apply to our lives what you are telling us through the pages of Scripture. Lord, make us, form us, transform us every day more and more like you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.